What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Wanna do bad things. That's real, yo. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? What? English, mother. Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 422 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and with me, as always, it's Jose Grijalva. He's fighting a bit of a rat problem today, he tells me, but uh, Jose, t- talk to us, man. How are things? Little rat, literal rats, not like the, you know, fans. I, I think that's what they call fans, right? Because uh, I know in wrestling they're called the ring rats. So, uh, no, but it's a, they just chewed up some of my underwear and, uh, it, it was brand new. So I'm in murder mode. I, I'm looking for it. I want to make it suffer. You know, so you, you seem like the kind of guy that would, would, uh, sign up for one of those under like my like an underwear subscription service. <laughs> you know, I do get emails from them. Uh, I've seen them. Uh, it's just not my style, you know? <laughs> well, that, that cackle in the background is none other than. Good friend of the show, Mr. Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, hello, man. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm much better now that I heard an underwear story today. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not every time in in pre-show. 
Uh, I always ask Jose, hey, man, how's it going? He, he asked me, hey, Ryan, how you doing? I say, oh, everything's good. I ask him how he's doing, and he's telling me about rats eating his underwear, dogs barking outside of his house, what happened at the gym. He always has a long story to talk about his day. I, I wish I was more like Jose. Had more, had more going on. Yeah, and I'm going to have more going on, probably more uh, white hairs because it's uh, winter league season here for the kids. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's time to defend my uh, – because I, we can't keep the same teams, but I'm going in as the uh, defending co- champion as a coach, so we'll see how Great. that goes. Very nice. Very nice. Well, guys, today uh, we have probably a short podcast. I don't want these things going too long. We've, we've had some ones that have been marathons. I've gone about an hour and a half. I'm liking this 30-minute podcast, Jose, that we're doing. 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Get it all in and, and uh, straight into the ear holes of our fan base. Right That's in the ear holes. she said. <laughs> well, let's try to keep it, uh, keep it to about that length. We've got a lot of NBA news. Not a lot of Spurs news except uh, just recapping a loss, and we'll do that right up front. But we'll make our way around the NBA. We'll talk about power rankings, which surprisingly, at least for me, have the Spurs at number one. Uh, and then hit on a listener question that we got in via email uh, earlier in the week. But guys, first I wanted to talk about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, 109 to over the Spurs. At, well, let me try this again. <laughs> the Bucks got 109. The Spurs got 107. Obviously, Milwaukee won last night. Uh, you know, fairly equal game. Kawhi got his 30 points. He had 25 points in the third quarter. I thought he was going to be way over 30, which is. You know, sort of a, a benchmark for, for the Spurs. If, if Kawhi gets 30 points, they win the game. Um, Michael Beasley didn't quite have as many points as Kawhi did for the Bucks, but I thought was every bit of, uh, of a contributor and every bit of, of, a, of a star last night. He got 28 points, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, Greg Monroe kind of played a middle, uh, Monroe played a little bit of a, a middle of the road game. Uh, but Milwaukee comes out on top. I, I ask this, you know, Milwaukee's not a good team. They're kind of a, a future, maybe a dangerous team, but uh, right now they're not a good team. How did they they're, beat the Spurs, Ben? By definition, they are mediocre. They are average. I think that win put them one game over five hundred. Uh, they played without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. Spurs also played without LaMarcus Aldridge, who despite getting a, a lot of hate tweets, is a very good player and is a key piece of the Spurs' offense. Um, when, when you replace him with a Dwayne Dedman or a David Lee, you miss out on a lot of offense that you wish you had, especially in the mid-range area, which is my secret third fundamental of basketball behind layups and corner threes. But um, that the, I did not get a chance to watch all of the game. I was following a lot of it on Twitter, to be honest. Uh, but it, it's it's frustrating to see that because even without Lamarcus Aldridge, you have to think that the Spurs should have won that game. Uh, they were they were up by I think it was thirteen at one point, and there was the everybody was talking about that that run that took place in the second quarter. I think it was a seven zero run. And when you when you give a team like the Bucks any sort of confidence, they can build on that and run with it, which they did. So. It doesn't matter if Kawhi scores 30. If you're not going to hold anybody, if you're not going to stop anybody on defense, then what does it matter? Uh, the, the other thing was Michael Beasley has been, uh, if y'all, I'm sure nobody here watches Bucks basketball, but if you do, you will have noticed that Michael Beasley is actually 
gotten back to being a pretty good player. Uh, he, he can come in and I mean, he, he can do what he did last night. He hasn't been terribly consistent about it, but he, he can do damage like that in spurts. So he's, he's starting to finally, maybe not exactly be worth that pick that was used on him, but he's becoming a serviceable NBA player. Yeah. Jose, what, what is your takeaway from the game? And, and talk a little bit about Tony Parker, who continues to play well, uh, pitching in seven assists and 14 points. Uh, well, he's playing well. Uh, he he looks like he has that extra step. You know, he it sort of seems like he was confused before, especially with a bunch of new guys coming in. He's trying to you know figure out how to play next to Pau Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge. I think he's just, I think he figured out if he's aggressive, it leaves those guys open in the mid range area or in the paint. Uh, so I think he's gotten comfortable with that. I think that that that's really all it was uh, because it, he looked pretty slow. But now when when you compare the the two halves of, uh, of what we've been seeing so far. It's more of confidence instead of the actual uh, uh, speed. Uh, you know, about the game, you know, like Ben was saying, Michael Beasley, apparently he's been doing well. I don't pay attention to – I only pay attention to to the Greek freak, you know, on, on right. when they post his stats and all that. Uh, but other than that, I really don't care about Bucks basketball. But uh, the – the one thing I did notice was I was very surprised at the last play. I don't know if it, uh, if you guys remember the last play. Uh, I tweeted at, at, from the Spurs cast, the uh, Twitter handle, at the Spurs cast. I thought they were going for three. I knew they were going for three. You know, I don't think Pop wanted to go uh, into overtime with Michael Beasley dominating the game because you really didn't have an answer for him. Right. I was pretty surprised that Pop put in Manu, Leonard, Parker, Green, and David Lee instead of five three-point shooters. I found that very odd. I think he's still experimenting. Um, but the fact that, you know, again, because David Lee and Tony Parker, because there was so mo- much motion in that play, I really don't think Parker would have been good uh, at shooting in that position like Manu uh, tried to make that shot. I think Parker's a really good spot up three-point shooter when he's waiting and he, you know, sets up. Uh, so I found that very odd. I, I would have liked Pau Gasol instead of David Lee. I would have liked um, maybe Patty Mills instead of Tony Parker yeah. and have five shooters, Kawhi drives in and if they you know sort of uh, collapse on him then he has whatever site he can go to whatever player you know i i just thought it was a weird play but i can understand that pop's still experimenting to see who can play alongside who especially during those crunch time moments i, I think that's but what about bertens though yeah we should talk about bertens he, he he's he, he's he's surprising you know and and the fact he missed that three uh it, it did you remember it was that same play uh i think it was the exact same play uh that manu and robert ori uh he uh, went through with the in the finals. It was a game five of the 2005 finals where he hit that uh, the game winner, uh, you know, off the inbounds pass. Uh, I, I thought it was brilliant. It sucks that, you know, he missed it. If he would have made it, it would have been a whole different situation. We'd be talking about how the Spurs won. So, I mean, but uh, a loss is a loss. You know, I, I don't really think it matters that much so far this season. Yeah, it, it sure does. I mean, they're they're 30 and eight now. Uh, it, the difference there, that when you look at their losses... Uh, they're scoring 11 points fewer than their average. And to me, that doesn't, that's not so concerning to me because that just means that they've gone cold for a game. They've done that eight times. In their losses, they're scoring 97 points a game, and their wins are scoring 108, 108.5. So to me, that just speaks to them going cold. They're five points off their field goal percentage uh, in their losses. They're a whole 10 points off their three-point percentage. So th- to me, that's just the things that you typically count on for San Antonio to do. They're not doing. And there's not it's not a coaching flaw. It's not a scheme flaw. They're just, they've just gone cold. And, and we've seen that happen from time to time, Ben, right? 
yeah, that's that's been an issue. It's it's a lot of going cold, and uh, earlier in the year it was a lot of bad turnovers. Not even necessarily committing more of them. It just seemed like there were there were more live ball turnovers mm-hmm. that directly led to points, and that that's been cut down as well. So it's it like you said, a lot of it is just it happens to be cold shooting. Yeah. Well, isn't the, that ironic that the, everybody else is cold, and then uh, uh, Jonathan Simmons, who really can't shoot, is hot from the three point line? Yeah, it's just of course that would things. happen. The one night that would happen. Well, the Spurs will get over it quick because on the twelfth, the Lakers are coming into town, uh, who are just awful uh, again. They've returned to the to the mean, uh, which is bad play. So San Antonio should be able to pick up a win uh, again and and, uh, and keep a positive season going. Look look for thirty one. Wins, so they'll be 31 and eight, hopefully uh, after the 12th. But guys, you know the Spurs haven't been the most exciting thing in the news. If you circle around the NBA, which we are prone to do on this podcast, there's a lot of good stories out there. Uh, I want to start with some easy ones first. That at least I think they're easy. Let's talk about Demarcus Cousins and and his history there in Sacramento has been uh, just wrought with controversy. Uh, doesn't like his teammates, hates his coach, gets coaches fired. Um, always seemingly on the trade block, always seemingly in, in trade rumors. Uh, and, and even this year, he's expressed some serious dissatisfaction. The guy is, is rumored to, uh, to want and to be offered a multi-year extension. Is this a case of Sacramento just not wanting to let Cousins go and show me the money, um, uh, you know, paying him what, certainly what he's worth, but trying to get him not to leave? And is this a is or is it a case of Demarcus Cousins just being content with losing as long as he's getting paid? Jose, what do you think? Um, this is a. I had to close my door because my chihuahua opened it. Sorry. Um, it sees that rat. I, oh, I hope I hope she eats it. Anyways, but no kisses from me if she does. Um, you know I'll disagree with you on the coaching. I, I just think George Carl screwed it up. I did not like how he handled it. It was very disappointing, it, especially with all that uh, Carmelo talk and everything. I think it, it was really on him. I think he missed a golden opportunity to mentor these guys. Sort of seems like he just wanted to go and you know do a job and you know just get paid and win championships instead of uh, you know sort of make uh, evolving into a relationship, kind of like Pop and his players. Anyways, um, the contract situation. I think they're. I, I don't know if they're trying to keep them. It seems like a sticky situation because, you know, they're not that good. I can't see anybody going to Sacramento with this team or even with Cousins as the main option, having all that money, uh, playing against them in the salary cap. I think they just might be, you know, securing him in a contract and then maybe trading him and see what they can get for him uh, since they'll know how much he'll be making, uh, he, you know, trade him to a contender, get some pieces back, get some draft picks. I just can't see in a situation, you know, logically where they're, where they're thinking about keeping him and building a championship team around that. I just don't see it. Yeah, that thought crossed my mind, too, that they were going to ink him to a deal just so that they could retain him uh, with the expectation that they would, that they would move him. Uh, do you think that they'd move him by this trade deadline, though? If they signed him to extension, do you think that they would trade him out this year? I mean, they're, they're contending for that eighth spot, which I don't know what that really gets you because you're either playing Golden State, Houston, or San Antonio in that first round. Uh, so you're going to immediately get bounced. They, have no, they, they can't have expectations to move on in, in the playoffs. So is, if you keep Cousins and you get the eighth seat, have you really won anything? Is that any kind of uh, um, 
uh, you cross any sort of mental barrier there now that you're in the playoffs. Ben, what do you think? Is there any value in keeping Cousins even past this year? Or or this year? Or would you move him this year, I guess I should say? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to... Yes, I would try and move him. I don't even know if I'd try and sign him to the deal before I move him. Because uh, if if you give him a max contract, which is, the, I'm looking at about $207 million is what I'm seeing, uh, that there are teams that just will not take that contract. They said, for we understand DeMarcus Cousins is a great player. We understand he's probably a near max player, if not a max player. But the headaches he causes elsewhere are not worth that money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Sacramento has had such a tough time moving him. Although he does seem to be getting along with new coach Dave Yorger much better. I think Yorger is uh, definitely more of a player's coach than George Carl ever was. Oh, sure. And ever will be, for that matter. Um, and uh, like Jose said, George Carl completely screwed up that situation. He, he came in there... And tried to be a taskmaster, which would not work with that team, with the personalities that team had, and especially with Boogie Cousins. Yeah, There are guys Cousins can play with. There are guys he enjoys playing with, but there are just so few of them that it's hard to build a team around them. And the, the front office is just completely inept when it comes to making deals and actually getting him players. I mean, who is the best guy he's played with? Rudy Gay? I said Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, and they let him go. Ray McCallum. All right, we're we're done here, Ryan. Hey, hey um, did you guys did you hear uh, Sam Amick's podcast that when when he interviewed George Carl last week about that book? First off, the book title's ridiculous. Furious George is just stupid. That absolutely the dumbest title for a book I've ever. It's seen. just stupid. Yeah, and I used to. I really, thought it was great. <laughs> I I really liked. I don't know why I liked George Carl. I I don't know why. You know, I thought that I, I could identify with George Carl in some way. I just, I before hearing him speak and before that last run in there with, uh, with Sacramento, I thought, oh, this is George Carl's an all right guy. Listening to that podcast and having him interview, man, you want to talk about probably the cockiest guy in the NBA, and well, I guess he's not in the NBA anymore. The guy, guy around NBA circles. That guy is is otherworldly. I mean, he's next level. I I could see I didn't even want to listen to the I like that podcast but I I only second only to the Spurs cast of course uh, but I wouldn't I didn't even want to listen to him be interviewed uh, past you know five minutes into the interview I couldn't imagine being coached by a guy like that I can see how so how players and historically he's always had problems with players so that's that's not surprising that that, that caused some issue there at Sacramento but. Like you said, he seems to be doing uh, well with Dave Yeager. Remember when he was with Mike Malone, who's now in Denver, they loved each other. I mean, that was a great relationship there, and inexplicably yeah, that was, Malone moved on. That was on. romance Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, I was also going to bring up, you guys mentioned trading him. He, he's at $16 million, $16.9 million this season. He's still at $18 million next season, so they'd have to sign him to the extension in the offseason, right? Uh, I mean, what's the uh, uh, max salary, Ben? It's going to be 40, isn't it? Since you got five years? Yeah, they'll be able to years, offer 200. five years with the with the salary cap going up. They'll be able to offer the most money because they have you know, the third rights. No, I, would say, I would say you probably take that just because if you could get them at a cheaper salary and then it bumps up, 
I mean, then you could sign those veteran players. So, you know, like if you're a contender, let, let's just say like the Spurs. If you're a contender like the Spurs and you were to trade a uh, – who the hell would you trade for him? Um, I guess Pau Gasol. Let, let's just say you trade Pau Gasol for him in the offseason. Uh, you could still, you know, absorb so much more. Uh, salary that season, and then when it bumps up to forty, uh, I, I think it, I think it would be a genius move. You'd pay a crap load in taxes, but uh, as far as building a team, I think that's why they're probably going to do it if they do trade him. And don't be surprised if he goes to a contender, hmm. maybe Cleveland. You know, LeBron's a GM there; he might want him. Cle- Cleveland does not have enough money to do that. But I mean, they're, al- they're already in the luxury tax. But I mean, Kevin Love, get Kevin. Uh, you can trade Kevin Love for him. Oh, who cares? Just do it. Anybody. Who cares about the rules? Doesn't matter. Just uh, just put the rules on the trade machine off, and then Jose you just do wants you. like full chaos theory, right? Just having players move around the league, no rhyme, no reason. Doesn't matter. No, yeah, he, just, he wants to he wants to play GM in two K. That's all he wants to do. So no 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 rules, no trade rules. I get to make whatever trades I want. The computer can't say no. Well, the purge NBA salary cap edition. The purge. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, another guy who who purged himself off of his team at least temporarily, and, and Ben, this is really why we have you in. This is your account. This is East Coast. Tell me what is good. Tell me the full the the saga, the whole saga of Derrick Rose. It, the past couple of days um, have been unlike anything that we've really seen in in recent years. What's going on with Derrick Rose and the New York Knicks? Okay, this is absolutely some next level bizarro stuff going on. So. I believe it was Monday night, Derrick Rose, nowhere to be found. They have a game against New Orleans at Madison Square Garden. Nowhere to be found, has talked to no one, has disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. Now, now granted, uh, it was a game against New Orleans, so he he could just disappear and no big deal, right? Well, if you tell people, sure. If you tell people you're going to be out, they usually don't have a problem with it, but I mean, communication is everything. So he he doesn't tell anybody. He ends up going home to Chicago. Says he left because of a family issue with his mom. Uh, okay, fine, but you know you, you couldn't text somebody. You couldn't even I don't know. You couldn't DM somebody. You couldn't give someone a call. It seems very bizarre. So that well, and, was, and, and he said he wouldn't call because he needed some space. He had stuff on his mind. That was his quote. Yes, he, so some of those things that he had on his mind apparently were that he was considering walking away from the game of basketball for an extended period of time to clear his mind. Uh, he, I, I have, that, that is according to Frank Isola of the New York Daily News. Um, apparently he was an emotional wreck Monday afternoon, and that's why he wanted to go see his mom to talk to her about some things, whatever. Um, he comes back, and now he's saying he wants a max contract. And this is within 24 hours, old. right? <laughs> to run from, I want to quit, to I want a max deal. Yeah, he goes from, I need to step away from basketball, to, you know what, I need a max deal. He's 28 years old, has bad knees. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's playing a lot better this year, and he's showing that his knees can hold up. Former MVP. But uh, to... To say that he is worth a max contract is absolutely ludicrous. And for for him, was this five years, right? And and one fifty, you said. 
I I do not know the numbers uh, because I don't believe the Knicks have his bird rights because he was traded to them. Well, so think about think about his history though. You know, he was in Memphis for like eight months, right? Realistically yeah, he, speaking, yeah. Chicago guy goes to goes to Memphis for college for eight months. Comes right back to Chicago, has great success there. Plays there for a long time. This is the furthest away he's ever been from home, right? In New York, uh, I mean that that could. I mean, I could see how that could weigh on his mind, and he you know get a little homesick and want to go home. It's not bizarre to me this desire to go home and see your family, right? Especially if you're alone, you're out there. You just got benched by you know we didn't really talk about that. But got benched. Um, well, Andy had the whole saga over the summer with with the woman accusing him of yeah. rape. Yeah, yeah. Just what what an odd what an odd uh, issue. I mean, is Derrick Rose is he even a top? I mean, there's 30 teams. Is he a top 15 point guard in the league? That's uh, the thing. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I I, I mean. I don't think it would take us long. I'm not writing a list or anything, but I don't think it would take us long to find, you know, 15 better point guards. I mean, hell, the guy who wasn't even in the preseason top 100 players in the league, San Antonio's own Tony Parker, is playing you know, leaps and bounds better than Derrick Rose is this year, especially during this little stretch where he's, you know, 15, 16 points a game. And he wasn't yeah. even the top 100. I mean, I'm wondering where Derrick Rose is even in, in that list. But certainly, I don't think he's a top 15 point guard. No, he does not warrant the contract he is asking for or demanding, depending on how you look at it. So, where's um, Jose, where's Phil Jackson in all of this? Isn't Phil Jackson the guy who's supposed to settle all of these issues? Isn't he supposed to be the guy you go to, you speak with, when you've got these kind of problems? I mean, what is Phil Jackson doing up there uh, besides drafting Porzingis? What's he doing up there if he's not taking care of issues like this? Well, I kind of figured this team would be a cluster of a mess at the beginning just because it's too many different uh, players trying to play together. It's not going to work. Uh, I forgot who it was. They wrote an article. Uh, uh, I think it was in the, I forget if it was in the, one of the New York magazines, but they were saying trade them. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, the thing about that is, I mean, we're – I mean, what does Phil Jackson do when one of his players just doesn't show up and he leaves? I think you got to be more mature than that. I can understand while you're home, like how you were saying you're homesick, but you just can't leave and not tell your employer that, especially when you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. Twenty-eight year old man. Yeah. Well, but but uh, Jose, I'm talking about proactively. I mean, isn't isn't Phil Jackson supposed to have the relationship with these guys to where they would go and and talk to him if they're having? I think that's. I think you're just naming the coach, though. I think it would have been the coach. If he's mad at the coach, then I would go complain at the GM, I guess. But he doesn't have a lot of pull. I mean, he doesn't have leverage. He's always been injury prone. Uh, He wants minutes. It's not working out. He's not really – he's playing well with what he – as far as where he is at this point of his career. But he's not playing well as far as a team player. Mm -hmm. So I I, I just – it's a messy situation. If I was Phil, I would have just let him go, you know – eat up that money, he's going to be a free agent next year, just, I mean, cut your losses. What I think is going on with Rose is he's playing well to a point, but he want, I think he wants to play like how he used to play. He can't play that way. He's not having fun. That's why he left. Now he's saying, well, if it has to be a job a la George Carl, and it's not really 
for in it for the fun or the camaraderie, then pay me the most that you can pay me. I think that's where it's going to come down to. That's why I think he wants to leave because he's not having fun. He's not the old Derrick Rose. He's just old Derrick Rose. Um, that's what you mentioned, Tony Parker. I mean, Tony Parker, I think, went through a stint like that. That's why he sort of uh, suffered as far as stats, you know, maybe the last few years. But now he's gotten the hang of, hey, this is what I can do. This is what my teammates can do. This is how I can incorporate my game in that. And I don't think Derrick Rose really has any uh, any interest of doing that. I, th- I still think he wants to be the guy. He can't really be the guy in New York. So uh, I-, I think he's just trying to – he's really just trying to force the Knicks to trade him. I think and find a team that would pay him an insane amount of money, but I don't think you'll find that. Not yeah, even in this. Just ask, what's the next step here? What's for for them? I mean, there's a disciplinary act that's already happened where he got a fine, but he's not getting suspended uh, by which, the Knicks, which is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it, craziness. But I mean, it's setting it's setting a bad precedent. Yeah, I, mean, I can't see other players doing. I don't think this is going to be a, a fad or a trend or anything. I don't. I definitely don't think no, that any of the people, other no, are, people, are built this right. way. Players aren't going to go around randomly just missing games because they feel like it. Granted, right. coaches are going to rest guys for games that they don't think are meaningful, which is a different topic. But I mean, with you, you, you just all you a fine for him. What? What? I don't know what the amount was, but. Whatever amount it is, that's nothing. That's nothing to these guys. That's right. that's not even a slap on the wrist. Why would you bother even finding them? Why don't you find them? Why don't you suspend them for a game and they don't get that game check? Yeah. That means more. So is this- you know, I, I, I was going to say, you know, after this incident, I wonder if the next CBA, because they already agreed to terms on it, uh, on the next one, but the one after that, I, I'm surprised they don't put in something like this where um, – you know, if they refuse to go to work, then they, uh, you know, sort of cancel out their contract, you know, void the contract, and they can't play in the league for two or three years. You have to make it something severe if they're going to do something like that. I, I can understand if you go to the games and you're not happy, but you still play and you voice your displeasure, uh, you know, so you can find a trade or something. But just not to go to work and not to call your employee. I mean, what would you guys, what would happen if you guys did that? You know, well, I don't feel like going to work today. I miss my mom or I miss my family. I miss, you know, I'm going to go visit them. Uh, what's your employer going to do? They're just going to fire you on the spot. These guys are paid millionaires doing something that a lot of people do for fun. I think you've got to put a severe punishment. Void the contract. Doesn't matter how much. Just void it and ban them for so much time in the league. And, and I mean, it's going to take a toll because if this were to happen to Derrick Rose right now and then he wants a max contract, you void the contract. You don't let him play in the league for two or three years. He's past his prime already. He's not going to be even worth close to that much. And again, it's going to hurt these guys even more. So I think they were second guess doing something dumb like this. Do, do you see him getting moved out? I mean, trade deadlines are, are a coming. <laughs> do you see him getting moved out of, out of New York? And where might be a, a good landing spot, if any? Well, I'd rather take Boogie Cousins for forty million than take Derrick Rose for whatever the hell he's earning right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Million. I'm pretty sure he's twenty-one million for Derrick Rose, and he's an expiring contract. So no, uh, I don't think anybody would want him. He'd want to go to a contender, but all the contenders really have a point guard. He he doesn't want to come off the bench apparently. So I mean, there's not much you can do about that. Nobody's going to touch him. I think this is I think this is this is a situation where all the GMs get in a conference call and sort of just talk about it and say, you know, Derrick Rose is kind of an idiot. Yeah, yeah. This is if if you are a team that actively trades for Derrick Rose, 
you deserve to take a few L's. All right, that's the end. That's the end story there. I mean, if you're if you're out there and you're calling the Knicks, you're like, hey, we heard what happened with Rose. Do you want to trade him for something? And like you're actively going after Rose, you are a moron. You should not be a GM. Please leave. Yeah, I. The only reason would be because of that contract, and you could write him off next year, right? So if you could get if you could trade and get out from under, something it would be a, yourself, yes, it would take, be a total salary dump. Yeah, right. Exactly. That I, I could maybe a team like Dallas would do something like that. Who's going to have to do a massive overhaul anyway? Yes. I don't know. You know something like are they that. in the playoffs? Right now, I mean, you have to. I think you'd have to be in the playoffs to make a move like that, right? Well, Dallas is last in the West. Yeah, what, I, right. And, and they're. What do you mean? If they were in the playoffs, they would use Derrick Rose and say this this guy puts us over the top. Is that the argument? I think that's the only way that if somebody were to trade for him, I, um, that that's the only thing I'd see. You know, unless you take a bad contract and you want to trade for him. But, I mean, if you're in New York, I think you'll just wait it out. The only team that I think could make sense, and you guys are probably going to laugh at this, is Houston. I could see Houston probably start him next to James Harden. Uh, D'Antoni's been doing wonders with a bunch of guys. Maybe, you know, put him in an offense where he could still average, like, 20 points but not be the guy, you know, on the ball. Uh, I think that might work, put Harden away, uh, take Harden away from that point guard spot but still play him as point guard, the shooting point. I think that's the only team that, team that would make sense. I can't think of anybody else in the league that should even sniff at Derrick Rose. Maybe the Pelicans. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something that you could work out with him and Anthony Davis, but other than that, I just don't. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I was when you brought up Houston, I mean, they're always kind of like right behind San Antonio in my mind, as, as you know. And I thought about that. Uh, but then, you know, Houston's got Patrick Beverly, and the team loves Patrick Beverly. And he's, you know, a, a defensive specialist if there ever has been one. And he has to be used to cover what James Harden doesn't do. Can Derrick Rose, could he fill in and take Patrick Beverly's minutes knowing what's going to have to happen from, from a defensive perspective? You know, James Harden giving up you know, what he does defensively. I don't know. That's a tough one. I, the more we're talking about this, the more I'm realizing that moving Derrick Rose makes no sense. The Knicks are going to wait him out and drop him uh, at yes. the end of the, at the end of the year, and then nobody's going to pick him up. Anyway, yeah, maybe Denver. I don't know. I'm looking at the teams here. It just does, yeah. every team, even if they're bad, you know, it, it still wouldn't justify a Derrick Rose move. Yeah, not for that. Maybe kind of China. Money. You know, and you'd love you know? to have a guy like that come in off the bench, you know, a veteran dude like that, former MVP. Um, this might drive you a little bit crazy, but do you think that he just needs better leadership around him, uh, in in locker room leadership, and a stronger-minded coach? Do you think that, you know, having him end up on a team like Golden State would make sense? I mean, money-wise, forget it. We're, we took all of that off. But you talk about the leadership that they have in the locker room and the strong-minded coach. Uh, Basketball-wise, it wouldn't make sense because they stopped Livingston, right? So he'd have to come off the bench. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the only team I could say is San Antonio, uh, and that's just because of Pop. But, but, I mean, you still take a huge gamble in that because let's say they sign him. You know, it's not going to be for a max max contract or you could trade for him. I don't know. But let's just say it happens. If he backs up Tony Parker, you still have to 
you know, he's still he's still not going to be the guy getting those shots. And in Pop's system, you have to be in motion and you have to be ready to shoot. He wants the ball. He wants to create something. And if it's not there, and by it not being there, he means that 1% of the time, he's going to kick it out. Yeah. So I just don't see that working. No, I don't either. There, there's not a single guy on San Antonio's roster, anywhere on the roster, that I would trade for Derrick Rose. I'm still trying to find teams. I mean, all these teams, even if they're bad, you still roll with their point guards. So yeah. maybe he goes to China. Maybe, you know, when Trump said, you know, oh, we're going to screw the Chinese, you know, send him Derrick Rose, send him that contract over there. Him and Marbury on the same team. I, you know, just I'd kill to watch that. Right, right. Oh, uh, well, the, the Derrick Rose saga continues. Well, let's let's move to something positive. Uh, ben Simmons is, is running drills now with 76ers. Do you think he can come back this year? Ben? I don't think it's worth it. He could, but I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, don't press uh, him into action. Yeah, I mean, he's doing five-on-zero drills. He's not doing anything real, not nothing with real contact yet. Um, I would, I, I would say, if, if you, if he is fully healthy near the end of the season, I say sure, throw him in there in some games, so that he can get him some games, just so that he can get get his sea legs under him or whatever. Um. And, and see what he looks like, but if it's not, if if he's not a hundred percent, and you don't feel comfortable for him to play, then don't play him. Because the minute you play him, he's he's a rookie. Right. And honestly, the only thing he has going for him is potentially winning Rookie of the Year next year, mm-hmm. which is what Blake Griffin did when he missed what should have been his rookie year. And if he will do this year. What? And Embiid will do this year. Right. Embiid, I mean, Embiid has been so great this year. And the problem is, you know, you have all these bigs with Philadelphia. By by the time Ben Simmons is healthy enough to play, you may have already moved one of them. Nerland's Noel may be gone. Mm-hmm. Portland were in, in anticipation of having Simmons back. Yeah. Yep. So, I, yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe. I'm with Ben on that. You know, and, and the thing that's going to worry me. You know, I've, I've seen r- sort of rumors and, and du- innuendos. Uh, the first time I used that, so sorry. Um, great. You know, You're on, really on Twitter, good where they uh, where they want to put him in as point guard and they want to run the offense through him up in the. You know, I think that's idiotic. But if they're going to do something drastic like that, you might as well work on it now for next season. Get him comfortable in that. Um, if I if I'm the Sixers, I have the guy work his legs like me, every other day or whatever it may be. Because, again, I, I think the main problem is with him, uh, and this is where you have to be careful with big guys, is uh, he? it was reported he gained a lot of weight, or he gained more weight, was it like 10 or 20 pounds right. uh, during the offseason so he could play big. But you got to remember, with these NBA guys, all that weight is up. You know, it, it's in the arms, it's in the chest, it's in the shoulders. It's really not in the legs. So I think that's why a lot of bigs have those injuries, because their legs are so skinny. It's kind of like Dwight Howard. You know, Dwight Howard's a big old guy. Uh, but with, you know, really small legs. I think he, he has to reverse that. He has to strengthen up his legs. And, I mean, if he moves off the position, I mean, I think he'll just be stronger in that sense. So, uh, you know, posting small guys up, posting bigger guys, uh, I, I think it'll just, you know, help him throughout. So I, I would just prep for next season. Whatever whatever the Sixers want to do, I would sit with the front office, with the coaches, and I would ask them, okay, what type? What do you see for me next to Embiid? And then they could work around that. He could get used to it. So next season, especially in the off season, with those two guys 
then you can bring in players that'll say, okay, this guy can play next to him if we're doing this, you know, if we're running the scheme instead of just going after the best available free agent. And then really, then you got to start all over because then you got to make those guys fit in. So I would just prep for next season. Don't even think about bringing them back. Well, let's talk about a guy who's not going to be back next season. Uh, just got dropped by the Brooklyn Nets. Former number one overall pick, Anthony Bennett. That's four teams Ooh. in four years. Draft by the Cavs, moves to Minnesota in the Kevin Love trade. Uh, goes home to Toronto. That doesn't work out. Goes to Brooklyn this year. He's played in 23 games, five points, three boards, six eight forward. Can't the NBA do anything with Anthony Bennett? So we'll start out there with no. Ben, East Coast man. No, I hope they and I hope they don't. He was the he's one of the worst first number one overall picks I've ever seen. He had. I remember all of the issues he had coming out of school. He went to UNLV for a year, didn't play as well as he as well as people thought he should have. He had uh, a, a big sleep apnea problem that he refused to fix. By the way, very easy Inside fix. You get like there. a CPAP machine, or you get one of those nose patches. My dad's got a CPAP machine. He sleeps great now. By the way. Um, so, I mean, it's a pretty easy fix that he refused to get. That should have been a sign. And he hasn't been able to stick with any team. He has just been bad. There is no way around it. He is probably one of the worst non-injury busts in the NBA. I agree with Ben. I, I think he's worse of, worse of a bust than Kwame Brown. At least Kwame Brown was somewhat productive. This guy just, uh, how you said, he just can't stick. Uh, Kwame I th- Brown you know, made go to China. years in the league. Ten years. True. No bust. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he should just go to China. Maybe fix whatever he can fix like uh, Michael Beasley did. I don't know what you'd fix, though. He he doesn't really have an it. We've discussed this before. Like, you know, if you want to be a star or you want to play in the NBA, you have to have an it. You know, be a defender, be a rebounder, a shot blocker, a shooter. You have to have something that you do really well. He's just below average at best at everything. So I would just... You know, if I'm the NBA, don't do the guy a favor and don't even sign him. You see, I look at Anthony Bennett and say, it, just like you're you're saying here, um, Jose, if he could just find that one thing that he wants to focus on, there is an, there's got to be enough talent there. There just has to be. I, I got to believe it. Right? <laughs> there's enough talent there that he could fashion himself into being like a Malik Rose. Um, uh, type, of, you, type of player. Malik Rose. How, how, how do you start with Malik Rose? The next one was, I thought you were going to say Rosho Nesterovich next. Because every Rose has its thorn. No, no, no. I've, uh, but like Malik, in all honesty, Malik Rose, and then I've already forgotten his name, and I know this is sad, but the dude from Pitt that has no ACLs. Dewan Blair. Dewan Blair. Can't, be, can't this guy be Dewan Blair? Well, what did Dewan Blair, Blair do? Nothing. He, he lasted in the league for more than four a, years. He was just he a dude who played nasty. Right. He's just he played he was nasty and got bored for more than four years. Well, we'll think of, no. Well, I mean, in the first year, remember he'd get like double doubles. He'd get like twenty rebounds, and that's just because he would shoot it. He'd get blocked. You know, he'd <laughs> get blocked every time. He'd just get his own rebound. I, you know, Dwan Blair is irrelevant <laughs> right now, right? And and I think again, that's why he didn't have an it. Uh, he would. I, do you remember he would kill OKC? I remember Spurs fans say, you know, I hope Pop plays to one Blair instead of Thiago Splitter because Blair gets like 20 rebounds, 20 points, 20 rebounds. But, I mean, he never had an it. I, I just think that he always found the uh, some way to get lucky. Guys wouldn't really expect that from him. But now that you can sort of adapt to him and find out that he's 6'6", 
that he you can you know move around him and you know get rebounds pretty easily. He's irrelevant. So um, again, just do something. At least be a spot up shooter. I don't know how these guys with these millions of dollars that they get, they can't find a shooting coach that could just teach them how to change their shot. You know, and, and I hate to use myself because. You know, and a lot of people think this is different from, you know, teaching kids and coaching kids. It's really not, you know, because, you know, even adults, I've played next to adults, uh, you know, in teams and they're just like kids. You can just see one thing they're doing wrong and all you have to do is change it. There was a kid who would airball every time because he hopped into the shots. I told I told him just, you know, jump off your tiptoes. He'd swish it every time. There was a kid who, again, would uh, release it like Matt Bonner. No offense to Matt Bonner. You know, but Matt Bonner would release it, you know, right in his face. Kid would airball it every time. I would just tell him, you know, elevate, uh, put your hand a little bit higher, you know, release it higher. Make it every time after that. Again, these guys are millionaires. How do they, how can't they hire somebody to check their, you know, their shooting motion, their release, and just change it? He could be a really good NBA player and a defender if he really took the time to be one. And, you know, if he took, you know, if he was smart about it, but a lot of these guys are prideful. They think they can do it with, you know, their skills. And again, you'll end up like Anthony Bennett. That should be a commercial. You know, don't <laughs> be like him. Don't be like Anthony Bennett. Uh, we're going to hit this other story real quick. Uh, Paul Millsap on the, the trading block, off the trading block. Uh, Fabio Cephalosha is on the trading block and off the trading block. Atlanta is actually doing really well. I think they're on a seven-game win streak now. Uh, Corver's gone, went to Cleveland. Uh it, are they retooling their team? What, what is Coach Bud doing over there? Because he's got full roster control, head coach. Uh, he's got a couple of great assets. But are they rebuilding or, or what? And how confusing has that been to have Millsap, to, to be have it out in the open, that, dude, you're on the trading block. We were trying to move you. And then you get pulled back off of that. How, do you, how are you supposed to stay motivated? I, it's, very, it's very odd. But I think when they when... – they they pulled him off, they pulled him off the trading block once they got rid of Corver because they then realized, okay, we're we're gonna do a little rebuilding, but we're gonna build around Paul Millsap essentially. We're going to he's gonna be the focus of the team. Uh, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna they're gonna have to re-sign him eventually. I think either this year or next year, and you know they kind of build around him. They have. Kent Bazemore, another guy they're going to build around. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have your your guard or small forward and your cent and your not really your center but your power forward. Uh, they got Dwight Howard for two more years. He's been solid this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they really have nice some young guys they're them. working on. Uh, Torian Prince and DeAndre Bembry, both guys are working on. Mike Muscala has actually been playing really well this year. So they have nice young pieces. They just. They probably need one or two. They need one guy through the draft, and probably need to sign a decent free agent this offseason. So you're saying that Paul Millsap, and these are your words, is a nice young piece. He's he he is a nice piece. I won't say young. He was born in 1985, so he's he's uh, a little old on the older side. He's going to be 31 uh, next month, but he's a good piece to have. You don't give him a max contract, but you give him a sizable contract. He's a he's a nice piece to have. Uh, Ryan's being a perv. I got that. Um, you know, you know what I think happened. I think they gave away Corver uh, stupidly to a rival, to a contender, and everybody laughed at them. So they thought, you know, maybe we'll get something for Millsap, and everybody lowballed them because they just gave a pick and Mike Dunleavy uh, for Corver. And you know, teams probably offered something ridiculous, you know, ridiculous stuff that they hey, wouldn't even take. They, and they got just Mo Williams them. too now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was the the, oh. the highlight of the trade. Uh, Mo Williams is still in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, now he. Yeah, I bet you forgot. Didn't so you're telling me Mo Williams still, is he could still be on the, the team? NBA, I, I thought he was off the team, but they were still paying him. I know that his contract's well, still on. I don't think he's on the team though. Well, is he, he got traded to the Hawks, so you know yeah. if that's true, you might want to tell the Hawks. Yeah. No, I. I well, anyways. Um, yeah, sure I, the Hawks I just wouldn't trade for a guy's salary who isn't playing. Uh, well, I mean that's the same with Dunleavy or with yeah. Uh, but you know what? I refuse to believe that Kyle Korver is the guy, the last piece to a championship contender. The guy can't defend; he's just a shooter. Uh, I just he, I, I, he would he's going to get killed by the Spurs and the Warriors. You know, he, Danny Green's going to go crazy feasting on him, just moving everywhere, going to lose sight of him, open threes, switch him on Kawhi. Kawhi's just going to destroy him. I just I just refuse to believe that he's going to be the, the missing piece. Well, let's hit uh, two more topics really quickly because we're, we're already over our time here. But uh, Matt Bonner now has a Twitter handle. And if you've ever Good tried God. to follow Matt Bonner previously, you could find that it wasn't there. Uh, no Twitter handle. His brother's there, but not him. Uh, now, in the post-retirement, Matty B uh, has a, has a Twitter handle. It's at Matt Bonder, <laughs> Matt Bonder, at Matt Bonner underscored SAS. So make sure to give him a follow right after you follow at the Spurs cast. But Jose, he is joining the Spurs broadcasting team. He's teaming up with your boy Andrew Monaco to do the TV work for San Antonio. What do you think of that? I love it, you know, and it. especially those two. Maybe they need a third, and maybe they need somebody to break down the analytics and all that. Uh, I know you're thinking about Paul Garcia when I'm mentioning this, but I mean me. I'm you know, myself, I'm a actually. very smart guy. I'm one of the best in the business to do that. I'm very humble at the same time. So maybe I'd fit between them. Uh, well, no. <laughs> Shut up, Brian. I know you were thinking something about that. Anyways, uh, maybe we can invite, invite Matt on the on the podcast. That'd be fun. You know, maybe have a petition. Uh, fan questions, you know, I, he, I'm, he can give us some hoagie advice. I'm excited. You know, he's one of those guys. He got a lot of flack, and I'm and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna admit, I was down on him when he was the starting uh, center power forward. I think it was in during that '09 season. Uh, you know, when he would have a role when he, you know, he, he, it would be mandatory for him to make threes. But again, Matt Bonner was such an important piece to the team because you need that guy to keep you loose. You need that guy to keep everything, you know, uh, the good vibes around. And that's really what Matt Bonner does. So, uh, and, and I really think the team misses him. I don't think they could use him. They could use him in this, in this NBA. I think David Lee's doing an incredible job. Uh, Bertans, all the guys that are, you know, on the roster. But again, you miss the influence that Matt Bonner can bring to any team. So, but I'm glad he found a job somewhere. A nice guy. See, I could call him a nice guy and not insult him afterwards. Um, Guys, their power rankings came out. The NBA.com power rankings came out a couple of days ago. Now, I don't know how this is going to be affected by the loss last night that uh, the Spurs had to Milwaukee. But going from 10 to 1, see if if there's any of these you disagree with. Number 10 uh, in the NBA.com power rankings are Oklahoma City at 22 and 16. Number 9 is the Utah Jazz at 23 and 16. 8 is Memphis, 24 and 16. Uh, Then you get to the LA Clippers at 26-14. Then Toronto, who the Spurs just destroyed about a week ago. They're at 24-16. About a week ago. About a week ago. I don't know why Boston's... I I would not put Boston this high, but the top 5 at 23 and 14. Uh, And then this is when it gets really surprising. Golden State is four. 
in in the power rankings. And you you always hear about Golden State is okay. They're they're the top team in the NBA. They're number four. They're thirty two and six. Uh, they've been when they lose games, they've been losing them late. So there's they've been competitive. But if you look back, do a little bit of investigation here. They have um, the second easy. They've had the second easiest schedule so far. They're only second to Indiana, but they're they're uh, thirty two and six. But they've had a, a cakewalk of a season so far. What do you guys think about Golden State being the number four ranked uh, team in terms of well power rankings? Ben, what do you think? Well, you, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the that basically their strength of schedule. I didn't realize that, and that. If you're going to use that, that makes a lot of sense to justify them at being number four. I mean, if you have the second easiest schedule in the league and you're supposed to be as good as you are, you could even argue that they shouldn't have six losses. Right. But, you know, that that is still the best record in the league right now, so you, I guess you can't really complain about it. But, um, yeah, I, I, that makes sense to me. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Well, if, if I were to disagree, then I'd have to... I'd have to make my case on where they should be. Uh, I don't think they should be number one. I like that the, the you said San Antonio is number one, right? That's how much I'm listening to you. San Antonio's one and um, uh, Houston's two, right? Yep, San Antonio's number one at thirty. Well, thirty and seven when this came out, they just lost that game, so they're thirty and eight. Uh, eight. They are the fourth highest offensive rating and the f- uh, number one rated defense in the NBA. The Houston Rockets are two at thirty and nine. Uh, so just thirty one. Slightly behind San Antonio, and then you have Cleveland at twenty-eight and eight at number three. Uh, I, I like that because again, you know, Houston wasn't supposed to be where they're at, and and I mean, D'Antoni's really coaching out of the box again. He, this is where uh, New York failed him, and I think the the uh, the Lakers failed him. He needs he doesn't need a complete team. He doesn't need an average team. He doesn't need a good team. He just needs a team that gives him an advantage somehow. Again, with, with James Harden at the one, that gives him the advantage in the point guard position. With Trevor Ariza or whoever plays the four, that gives him an advantage in the power forward position. So, again, the Houston Rockets let him coach like how he can, uh, you know, his strength. So, uh, again, they're overachieving in my opinion. And the Spurs, I mean, the Spurs are struggling to an extent, but they're only going to get better. Uh, again, they haven't had full practices up until like a few weeks ago. So, again, they're getting to know each other. Pop's still experimenting with the lineups. Uh, we might see more Burtons. We might see less Kyle Anderson. We might see, you know, more David Lee. Uh, we might even see a trade somewhere because of all the talent that they have and they need a maybe. And, again, it's not. it won't be far-fetched if San Antonio does make a trade just to get somebody else more minutes. Uh, because again, if um, if they want to get you know, for an example, Dejounte Murray more minutes, then you really got to do away with Patty Mills. Uh, so maybe they do something like that. I'm not saying in that position, but maybe uh, with the other ones in the threes and the fours in the five position. So um, I'm liking that the Spurs are number one. Uh, they're still going to get better. Golden State, like how Ben said, they should. You can argue that they shouldn't have those losses, especially with that talent. And if you notice that, I think they should be lower because those losses have been disappointing. They've had leads. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies ahead of a 24-point lead, and then they start, yeah. you know, showing off, showboating. That should have bumped them down more. I would have put them at number 10 just for that. Well, guys, that's it. We're, we're at time, so sorry to cut it off uh, short. The only other bit of news uh, that I think we all care about is uh, Ray McCallum, number two rated prospect in the D-League right now. <laughs> Shortly, Can they pick him up? Back in the NBA. Of course. Uh, no, can, can they just say uh, because I know with like the or with the rookies they can just pick somebody up if they're an, an unrestricted NBA free agent, right? So I mean, like if 
the Lakers were to say, Ray McCallum, you know, we're calling you up. He just automatically goes up? Correct. Is that how it works? Oh, Correct. Okay. Um, and they haven't called him up because, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> He's the number two rated prospect. Don't steal my, my dream here. Uh, maybe the Cavs get him. Maybe. LeBron wants a point guard. That's Make right. your case, bro. That's right. Uh, guys, that's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast, episode 422. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Ben, where can they find you? I am at the underscore Boomstein. <laughs> with sound effect. Uh, and, and make sure to follow all the Project Spurs folks uh, and, and follow at Project Spurs. Jose, thank you. Ben, thank you very much. And to all you listeners, you are welcome. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.